We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always on Courtside by Gabe Ibrahim. And Gabe, listen, the Olympic season is upon us over there in Tokyo. A lot of scares for our U.S. team so mm-hmm. far, both for the men and women, but the women prevailed. In their first game, 5v5, and we're also going to be discussing the 3v3. But first, tell us where we can find you on social media platforms. Great plug. All right. Uh, I'm at Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter and TikTok. I changed up. Uh, no, I'm actually, whatever. It doesn't matter. At Gabe <laughs> underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. That's where you can usually find me. Uh, at Her Hoop Stats is where you can find most of the video stuff. And you should go to HerHoopStats.com. Check out a newsletter there and um, law, uh, sign up for the stats site because it's an invaluable resource available for $20 a year. So, like, just go do that because it's $20 an entire year <laughs> of great women's basketball stats that are necessary to understand the game. So that's where yeah. you can find me on things. All right. Hey, 20 bucks. I mean, you spend that on coffee in a week. Just drop that and you oh. get so much great information from the herhoopstats.com site. Just go on there and, and go ahead and do that. It's really awesome. And, you know, a lot more people are, are logging in and following yeah. and subscribing. So it's really exciting on the herhoopstats.com website and on Twitter and Instagram for herhoopstats. But for me, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, W Scott 51. And I am... Talking a lot about basketball, no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, I love it. And I love that this U.S. team, the 5v5 team, the U.S. national team is going for an unprecedented seventh consecutive gold medal run. And 
it is it has been really refreshing to see that during the All-Star break, when the U.S. team played the WNBA All-Stars, the WNBA All-Stars won that. But to see the 1996 team be honored at that event and to see them, uh, you know, not just as Olympians, but the players who were the seedlings for the WNBA in 1996, 97, 98, during that time when all the commercials were on, all the, mm-hmm. the great publicity was there for the league, the fans were just chomping at the bit to be a part of the WNBA. And now 25 years later, here we are with the WNBA, but also the sustainability of excellence on the international level with USA basketball going for seven gold medals. I mean, it's, it's just so, it's just so incredibly iconic to me. And, and not just because it's basketball, but it's women really doing it. They are doing the thing game. And it's just so exciting uh, to see the respect given, but also the platform laid. Yeah, no, it's, it is wonderful to see. And one thing I would love to have though, from the 1996 Olympics is the games being on the East coast of the United States of America. So we don't have to stay up until three 30 AM. I didn't do, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not watch the U S beat Nigeria 81 72 live because it was at 3 AM or it started, it started at midnight ish. And then it ended at 3 AM. I was up. I stayed. I was up. You know, that song up and up. I don't know if that's a bad song, but (laughs) I was, I was up all night. Watching that game, I I had a late coffee around like five o'clock, which I never have coffee after Mm -hmm. like three. So I was hoping that would uh, that would help me. But the game was exciting. I didn't need the coffee. The game was awesome. No, I I chose the women's gymnastics and the uh, softball, which uh, the USA lost both of them. So maybe I chose wrong. I don't know. Let's let's. I ended up watching (laughs) the game. Is the point? Um, And so you were talking about though how like this foundation has been laid. Yes. By the U.S. women's team. And they have mm-hmm. been so dominant um, forever. This is their 50th straight win on the international stage. Uh, uh, you mentioned going for seven straight gold medals. You look at the okay. names on this roster and it's a, just a list of the greatest women's basketball players of all time. Right. However, however, <laughs> the U.S. trailed for the entire first quarter of this game. And Nigeria made it a game in the end. It was only a nine-point difference yeah. in the end. And I think coming into these games, a lot of the talk has been about is the world catching up to the United mm-hmm. States in basketball? On the men's mm-hmm. side, I'm not sure that's necessarily the right narrative because the, the world has been close to the U.S. for so long mm-hmm. on the men's side. But on the mm-hmm. women's side, we see a lot of these teams closing the gap. And I think you look at that Nigeria team, they're young, they're fast, they're well-coached, and they are really, really talented. And they gave the USA a scare. So how concerned are you about, you know, this, this, this kind of a charge from the rest of the world catching up to the USA women's basketball, five on five team, we'll talk about three on three right. later, five on five team in this Olympics. Do you think it's going to, do you think that we're going to see that gap yep. get close enough that the U.S. could even mm-hmm. lose? I, you know, I, I don't like to put bad, bad energy in the air, but I do think that 
you know, when you are always the team that has the target, you're going to get everybody's Mm -hmm. best game. And Mm -hmm. Nigeria, listen, they played with grit. They were up 20 to 18 after that first quarter, but Gabe, it was an eight to one start in favor of Nigeria. They were turning the USA team over at will. I believe they had eight turnovers Mm -hmm. and in the first half and Nigeria only had two, but Dom Staley's comments after the game, I think that kind of solidifies what you were saying just about being concerned. Now, she said that they were being pressured 94 feet um, from the beginning and they did it the entire game. And she said it took them a quarter and a half to get acclimated to that style of play. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to get to the glass and they were able to get back to basics on the offensive end which was playing inside out. I thought it was really impressive to watch Nigeria just continue to apply that level of pressure. Uh, Coming out of the gates, yes, jump ball, you're going to get out there and your adrenaline is pumping. So maybe the first two minutes, you're going to see that energy. And we've seen that in teams, uh, not just internationally, but just in general, in games, like the underdog is going to come out like, we can do this. And then the other team kind of falls into place and and takes over and it took a while for the usa team to fall into Mm -hmm. place and take over in that game but i think when you have a team like nigeria who applies that pressure and they have players like uh akpana who played at northwestern and she was all over the glass i think they were getting to the boards they were working and the usa team just wasn't getting to the glass they weren't getting second and third chance opportunities like they got in that third quarter when they broke the game open um with that big run that they had a 23 to nothing run and and really took the game over at that point but it really took them going back to basics and i think that's what don staley is going to start the next game with right you don't need that lesson twice and with don staley and and the veteran players i mean Diana Tarasi looked great. She had 10 points in that first half. And then Sue Bird, I mean, she didn't score, but boy, she was facilitating that thing. She has over 100 assists now in international basketball. And I mean, she was she was diving off, you know, yeah. and just setting up her teammates. But Asia Wilson, man, double-double for her and Brittany Griner. So that just tells you right there, there's your high percentage offense, mm-hmm. right? Inside out and analytically you probably don't want to hear that you want the three balls to fall and everything like that Not but here. can't do that yeah. can't do that every game game no no and 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 here um here against nigeria the the, the strength was in the size for the u.s yeah and and the, that's going to be true in this olympics so if you're looking for a team that's going to play that spread out sort of offense that is flow, you know outside of flowing i don't think that's going to be this u.s team i think what they realize in this game was let's just get the ball to, you know, again, some of the best bigs in, in WNBA bat or basketball history, world. however you want to find it, Griner, Charles, Fowles. You, you could throw, you throw in Wilson, who was a massive. Um, yeah, big time. But I do, and I, I also want to mention, like, this Nigeria team is really good. That that press that they were doing ran it perfectly, and that's and really did. hard. It's so hard to just – to. If you're ever in this situation where you're not really you haven't played with your teammates and someone throws a press at you and they're running that press really well and going yeah. hard at you, that's extremely difficult. I don't care how many games Subert has seen it. It's really difficult to to figure out how to place your teammates on the fly like that. 
Sure. That, that was a, sure. that was a huge problem. I mean, they had, the team had 25 turnovers in this game yeah. and, and that's, um, that's simply not acceptable. I don't care how good the defense was. And I want to give credit sure. to Nigeria, but I don't care how good defense is. You can't be turning the ball over 25 times no. in a game. Brenda Griner had seven of them. So that that's not necessarily due to the press, right? Like that's just balls are mishandled. Entry passes yeah. weren't at the right spots. Um, right. And I think it goes all to this. Uh, it's the first game for this team that has six right. first-time Olympians. There we go. I think they're going to get better. This Nigeria yeah. team, as I mentioned, had specific advantages that really helped them in this game. They're speedy guards. They're killing uh, Tarasi and Bird. Uh, and uh, I don't want to seem blasphemous, but Tarasi and Bird, let's be real, they're not the fastest right now in this stage of their career. They got blown by a few times. So yeah. I think, to me, most of the concerning parts I can write off and say, this is the first game. This is going to get better. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to this is going to go away. But I do want to mention a few things. I want to run them by you to see what you think. Okay. So Brianna Stewart was mm-hmm. MIA for most of this game. She started the game uh, 0 for 4 from the field, yeah. 0 for 3 from the free throw line. Her first points mm. came at the free throw line. She ended with... Uh, she she ended with nine points, nine points, eleven rebounds. It's casual for her. Are you at all concerned with how Stewie fits into this offense? She's playing the three, so I, I I'm not sure if that is the reason why she was off, or was it just her missing shots? Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like Stewie in the mm-hmm. the you know warm up games was really the focal point of this team, and now in this game she couldn't get much going. Should I be concerned about that, or do you think it'll just kind of turn around on its own? Well, you said it right there, almost. You said that she was the focal point mm-hmm. on offense for the U.S. team in those in those games. Now, if I'm looking at game film, guess who's going to be the focal point for the defense? Sure. Right. <laughs> and sure. so, you know, and not to say that, I mean, I don't think they were, they were not showing her. Uh, two bodies. They were not showing her a body and a half. Like I, I understand it wasn't like that kind mm-hmm. of coverage uh, defensively on her. I just think it is all about, you know, taking her out of what she wanted to do more so than when she got the ball, making a, a game plan that way. Yeah. I think they took her out of catching the ball and getting the ball where she wanted it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's half the battle right there. I mean, yes, once they do catch the ball, like if you're trying to take someone out of a game, you don't want them to touch it at all, period, right? right. But if they do get it, they're going to catch it not in a place they want. And I think Nigeria did a really good job of taking her out of where she wanted to catch the ball, not necessarily once she got it. Now, okay, now we're going to lock lock her down defensively. No, I think the, the job defensively was done early by Nigeria. And I'm not necessarily concerned about Brianna. I, I think that she's going to be fine. I think that, you know, once the game got going, it took Asia Wilson a little time to get mm-hmm. going. And she even said, like, I had to get the nerves uh, out of my system at the beginning. It's like our first Olympics. So I think once she settled in, I think it's, you know, sometimes it just takes, takes a little bit and the style of play, like Don Stanley said, I mean, they were, <laughs> they were at a fervent pace. I mean, they yeah. were all over the place. They were, hands in the air, um, high hands, deflections, like making you think twice, like you can ball fake it once, but they're still going to get it uh, on that second pass attempt. So I think it was more of, of an adjustment that she had to make throughout that game. And she did get better as the game went on, as the entire team did. But I'm not overly concerned with 
Brianna Stewart moving forward in, in this Olympics um, in terms of getting the ball in her sweet spot. Uh, I think they have so many offensive weapons. I mean, I already said, you know, Super didn't score and that, and she didn't need to. So I'm not, this is not shade when I say that, but she had 14 assists. Was it 14 <laughs> or 13? Was it 14 uh, or 13? It was 13. 13. 13. Okay. Which is insane. She had, she had, come on. I mean, that's ridiculous. And she, that's what she needs to do. And that's why she's there. I mean, she has a, a wealth of experience and she and Diana Tarazi going for their fifth um, straight gold medal. Are you kidding? Yeah. You're going to be on the floor. Yes. You're going to facilitate. And you know, she plays with Brianna and you know, she was probably trying to get it to her yeah. in her sweet spots, but that's why I'm giving credit to the Nigerian defense for taking her out of where she wanted the ball more so than once she got it, I have a high hand and I'm going to make it tough for you. No, it was the work was done ahead of time. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that, that, that does calm me down a little bit. Yeah, I just, I'm also worried <laughs> just about Stewie. Stewie at the three. I, when was the last time Brianna Stewart played with two bigs, especially two? I don't think she's ever played with two ball dominant bigs, yeah. which is, is going to yeah. happen every single second almost that she's out there. I mean, there's not, sure. that's part of the, the criticism of this team almost was they have too many bigs. And I think it, that could come back to maybe make Brianna Stewart seem less. Um, productive, but you get the best talent on the floor, right? Like th- this kind of felt, I think the the moral of this game was uh, the U S was leaning on their talent. Um, yeah. They're leaning on their talent and they have the best talent in the world. And usually that's good enough to win. Ooh. However, as we've seen with the men, that's not always the case. And so that was, that's the next thing I want to bring up. Kind of seemed like there's a lack of focus, especially end of the game. Credit to Nigeria, and and you could you could watch yeah. the first five seconds of this game and tell you that team is not going to quit. That Nigerian team is not going to quit, no matter what the no. score was. It could be down by forty. It could be down by five. They're playing the same way, but they the U.S. did let their gas off, uh, foot off the gas a little bit in that fourth mm-hmm. quarter, late in the third, early in the fourth quarter. They let right. their foot off the gas, and Nigeria got back in it. And look, if Nigeria had made a few more shots early in that game. Yeah, where it was eight one, and the yeah. U.S. was able to fight back very quickly, and that lead was was mm-hmm. back to even for most of the first half. But Nigeria hits a couple of open shots there at the yeah. beginning of this game. I'm not sure what kind of conversation we're having because that could sure. that could have really put a, put a damper on the U.S. momentum going throughout the game. So, yeah. to me, how do you think this team can attack? It not I don't know if it's a lack of focus or a lack of a lack of follow through or finish or whatever you want to call it. Like mm-hmm. they they're not killing teams. And mm-hmm. when you are the United States of America and you have people coming at your back, you got to kill teams. So how, how does this team in this very short amount of time figure out how to develop that with cohesion amongst each other? I mean, that's just a tap in that. That's a tap in. That's a that's a mental approach to the game. That's a kill mode and nothing less than, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it's hard to really quantitate that because to me, it's more of a feeling and it's mm-hmm. hard for me to put that into words, but I know what that is. I, I know what that is. And, and it's not easy, which is why you're at the Olympics. It's, it's tough. And I think for me to see Nigeria go on that 12 0 run, and, and and cut the game to single digits with three minutes to go. I was like, hey, listen, 
Like, wait a minute now. I know it's not 3.15 a.m. and they're mm-hmm. going on this run. <laughs> and my blood pressure is like going on a run. I, you know, I, I was concerned about that. Um, and, it, and it does happen. I mean, it is a game of runs. And I think Don Staley alluded to that also post-game. But I think when, when you can sustain that run and then go on one of your own and slam the door and lock it and, and bolt it, um, I think there's a lot to be said for that as well. So yeah. I, I get it. And t- again, teams are going to give you their best. I mean, you are the U.S. team. You are going for your seventh gold. And anybody would love to be the team to say, hey, yeah, we, we stopped that. Run. We stopped that worldwide international domination by the USA. And that's a lot for for the U.S. team. So they they have to know and they know this. So like, I'm not telling yeah, you yeah. this is not anything new. They have to know that everyone's coming after them, please. Now, that's that's just a common denominator for every single time they step on the floor, period. Um, but they have to own that. And they have to want that. And that has to be sustained. And there can't be any let up. There can't be any lack of focus. There can't be any, well, they went on a run, but we're the U.S. and we can mm-hmm. get it. Because I'm telling you what, if you turn the switch off and on too many times, that light bulb is going to run out of juice. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be stuck in the dark with the L. And you don't want to be that team. Like, we, you know, we saw the men's team have a, a trip up early on. And they tried to flip, hey, we're all right. We're going to flip that switch. When the light didn't come on. And now what? Right. It's an L. So you have to take pride in your best game, like your best way to play the game, star in your role, all the little quotes, all the little things that bring you into focus and keep you there. And I think that's that's the main thing moving forward for this U.S. team. I think, you know, the way that they have dominated is with that thought in mind Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the game. Like, and you have to be able to sustain it. And did they know that Nigeria was going to feel like that defensively at the beginning? No, it took them some time to adjust to it. And that does not mean they were not prepared. I mean, film is one thing. Being on the floor with hands in your face and rushing your, your next decision. I mean, that that's different than watching it on your phone. Trust and believe. So they did it. They adjusted. They, they did what they had to do and got the win. They're 1-0. Moving forward, um, I, I just think that it's, you know, it is a lot of pressure, but that's I mean, pressure is a privilege. Oh, and yeah. this team and this team wants it. They want it. And and it's, you know, you're doing it together. And when everyone is on that same page, it's a beautiful thing to see. I, uh, I also think another thing that could help this that's going to help this team um, obviously playing together, like let's, I don't want to say it. I don't yeah. want to keep saying it cause it's an excuse, but that's the first game. This team has first real game that this group of players has played together. True. They don't know yet exactly where everyone likes the ball, but they also don't know when everyone likes the ball. Right. Like there, I mean, there's a little bit of a difference. Right. And I think in mm-hmm. the first quarter, you kind of saw that with Diane Sparossi, she got absolutely cooked. She got blown by, um, I don't, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was promise of Mukamura. Um, mm. but and she got, Trossi got blown by just left in the dirt and she immediately got the ball and hit a three on the way down. And right. that's, that yeah. kick started the U S. So I'm wondering if that's just kind of, you know, are, are we just going to lay on Diana Trossi again? Cause I, I don't mind that. Like it, we're going to be, I'm this good. team is going to be in a close <laughs> game. And, and yeah. this, it's going to come down because, look, they, they play good teams. Uh, Japan will be a test because they're playing at home and that can often give a team a boost. 
Uh, But then after that, France, this French team can beat the United States. Uh, Let me tell you all that right now. This French team can beat the United States just like that happened on the men's side. If the U.S. comes in and plays like they did today, they're going to lose to France. I don't expect them to, but that's that's where we stand. And so I'm wondering, when we get down to that close game, is there going to be a little bit of the, oh, no, you take it. No, no, you have it. You you take it. Because that, to me, is that that's the only thing you can't have on these sorts of all-star right. teams. You can't have people de- trying to defer too much and trying to be friendly. And I, sure. think, and I think that's why Diana Taurasi is here. <laughs> At the end yeah. of the that's why she's here. She's going to just take the ball and shoot it when she thinks she needs to. Period. I think a lot of players yeah. on this roster will, but I think Tarasi has the gravitas and this and the state the station in this league to just say, "I'm doing it now," and we'll see if that right. comes to pass uh, in that in that Fran- in that French game and the Japan game, um, which are both going to be at twelve forty a.m. Eastern time. Wonderful. Oh. Great times. Um, Great. Oh, I got to go buy some more concealer because, yeah, that's a little late. <laughs> but even for me, uh, I'm a night owl, but that's we, but that's good. I, I you know, I, I concur. I, I think that is exactly correct. And that is why Diana Taurasi is on this team. But I also think that's why Chelsea Gray is on this team. Oh, I think she has the heart and soul of a clutch winner. And she has proven that time and time again as well. Um, I mean, she hit some big shots in the second half as oh. well to continue to, you know, go on that big run that they went on. And a, a couple of her buckets were a big reason. So she's next in line. Yes, Diana Taurasi is, you know, going to her fifth, obviously, Olympics here. And that's and that's not shady either. That's just a fact. So people calm down. Um, but <laughs> I think with, with Chelsea Gray, I think she has that same kind of mental makeup. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. She has the same kind of toughness. She wants the ball in clutch moments. And not to say Stewart doesn't not yeah. to say Wilson but doesn't. That's that to me is a problem. Oh, right. That's a I, hear a problem. I hear you. I hear you. I, I hear just, you. I, 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 you know, I, you know, I don't, have you dealt with this as a coach? I don't, I don't know if you if you've dealt with this sort of situation or, or if you've mm-hmm. coached an all star team or, or something that it's just like everyone thinks that they are because everyone on this roster rightly has a claim that they are the player maybe not ariel atkins even though i love her just because that's not her personality but but and but everyone else on this team is gonna say i'm the player taking the last shot everyone okay every single player on this roster so to me it becomes it could become a problem if everyone is either trying to take the last shot on one hand or if everyone's not trying to take the last shot on the other hand defer to someone so you need someone to just cut through and say i'm not deferring i'm taking the ball I, think I hear you. I think that's it. Oh, could be Tarasi. It could be Gray. It could be whoever. But someone needs I to do. I think it. it's if I'm if I'm coaching and and Don Staley, man. Wow. I mean, just imagine coaching all these players. Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a moment. I'm back. Um, but <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what a dream, right? But I just think that yes, you want all your players to be confident in what they do for the team. But as the coach, there needs to be. Um, a delineation (laughs) between who I want to have (laughs) the ball at the end of the game. Now, it doesn't necessarily always have to be the player I want to take the shot. You understand? Mm -hmm. It's the player who I trust the most with the ball to make a winning play, period. Now, if the winning play is for 
Sue Bird to come off a screen and draw two and kick it out to Diana or draw two and kick it out to Chelsea? Listen, I'm good. I want somebody I can trust at the end of the game. I, I want everybody to be confident. But at the same time, if the wrong people have the ball at the end of the game, the team will lose. The decisions are made with the basketball, whether they shoot it or pass it, right? Those choices are, are made by your most trusted player. So as mm -hmm. the coach, yes, I've had players who did not shoot particularly well feel like they should have the shot. No, right? Yeah. Nope. And the players who turn the ball over a lot at the end of games, they want that ball at, at that time. No. And you're just going to have to deal with that. That's, that's not what we need for the team right now. Mm -hmm. And that's just tough. And you're just going to have to deal with it. That's your role. And that's why the roles are defined. And I know Don Staley has defined the roles for this team. And I know that, you know, when it comes down to, hopefully there aren't any games that are <laughs> like that, um, where it comes down to one or two possessions at the end of, a, uh, you know, at the game clock. But if there are, let me tell you something. Mm -mm. Don Staley, I know, has, has carved it out. And I, I am pretty sure that she would want Sue Bird to have the ball uh, okay. to make those choices, to set the table for the team. I mean, she had 13 assists. I mean, she knows where everyone is most efficient. And, I mean, you're not just going to give it to someone because they say, well, I can do it too. Well, not today you're not. You know what I mean? It's just, and it's just going to have to be said that bluntly. That's just I the agree. way it goes. That's just the way it goes. And that's, I, I, I agree. And it's funny too, because like, I do agree with you there. I was, I was going to ask you, that was going to be my question. Like, who do you trust the most? Who, who is the person you trust the most on the team? Uh, and I, I agree with Sue Bird, be, despite her going 0 for 6 in this game. I know. That's 0 for right. 2 for 3. And, and yeah. you know, she did have a couple turnovers and it was, it was, it was rough on defense, on defense sometimes, but I'll just give it to Sue. And I, I'm gonna give it to Sue. I'm gonna give it to her again. Even yeah. 0 for six. Hey, Gabe, 0 for six. Sue Bird. I'm giving it right back to her. And I don't care if she if she shoots it or makes a pass. The choice that she makes, I trust it. And she, to me, will have the ball at the end of the game, flat out, no questions asked. To me, like that's that's 100. percent 10 out of 10 times, she's yeah. she's gonna have the ball. And I I think that's. Uh, you're never gonna. You're never gonna be uh, looked at poorly if you give Super the ball in the clutch. Like that's just like that's one of the decisions. It's like, well, the downside. The downside is we lose, which whatever people lose games. Um, but you're never gonna. People are never gonna criticize you for giving the ball to Super. Um, so I agree with that. I'd rather lose with Super with the ball in her hand than lose with anybody else with the ball in their hand. Setting the setting the play, mm -hmm. like taking it out on the far end and bringing it up in a quarter court setting. Not if Diana Taurasi is going downhill. Not if Chelsea mm -hmm. Gray's got it going downhill. Uh, just make make sure we paint the picture properly. This is walking it up from the opposite side of the yeah. floor, crossing half court, and setting the offensive group up mm -hmm. and getting what you want and and looking for the most efficient play to make. That's what I'm I'm painting for Super. I, I agree. I think I think yeah. that has that has to be the answer despite this despite the the stats. Um because stats yeah. don't always tell a full story. Um, they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. Uh I'm really excited though for the rest of this this Olympic run for the United States. I think that I think that France game is gonna be tight. 
Um, it could also be a blowout because you never know. This team could, this USA team could just decide that, you know, could figure it out tomorrow and then this tournament's a wrap. Um, but I think Belgium, I think Australia, the, the Belgium Australia game is one that I have to go back and watch. It was at like 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like 4.30 a.m. something. But Emma Mieseman, how about her game? She went uh, all the way off with 32 points. She did. She did. And bananas. quick, uh, it was a quick reminder of just how good she is. She's 14-24 from the field. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. Come on. She, she's, a, she's such a wonderful basketball player. Um, oh, I love seeing her in this situation, too in in belgium where she is the top she's the top dog yeah and yeah it's interesting because if you you know we've been around her in dc that's yeah. just not that's not who she that's <laughs> not the personality she has and that's right. why it works so great here in dc um yeah. and you know hopefully she comes back we haven't heard anything about that and we're not we're not I, we can't speculate on it it'd be great if she does but if she doesn't I, we understand and we hope we wish her all the best but that's yeah. why it works because she she takes that on that role and that personality of a second, um, of a second star or a third right. star or whatever. It doesn't she doesn't care. Just like get her on the basketball court. But here in Belgium, she has the opportunity to take the most shots on the team, and complete what I think is probably a big upset. I don't know what the betting odds were coming in, especially with no Liz Campage for Australia. But right, right. Um, I imagine this is a pretty big upset for Belgium to especially win by 15 over an Australian team that has been one of the best in the world. So, yeah, I thought that was a, a great showing by, by Emma Mieseman number one, but yes, by Belgium just to command that game from beginning to end. And, you know, when she was here with the mystics, when they won the championship in 2019, she was finals MVP because she took over like she took over against Australia down mm-hmm. the stretch against Connecticut in that one. So yeah, I, like you said, I, I hope she does come back and I, I can't wait to see her with Tina Charles and Elena Deladon. And she comes back and that's all WNBA stuff that we'll get to, uh, you know, discuss mm-hmm. a little bit more as, as August approaches a little bit here and the Olympics end up, but yeah, that's, that's something that, um, that I hope will happen. And again, we haven't heard anything official with Emma Mieseman coming back um, to DC, but wow, the way she's playing, come on. She'd be a welcome sight. I mean, let her walk through that door. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but I, I think this, I think this Belgian team is going to be a big problem for the United States. Uh, they have a really good first off Emma. Um, so you, you have a player that can play down low with your, with right. your, um, with the bigs that the United States has, but their guards are really, really good and really, really fast. Julie yeah. Alamond, we know her. She's seen her, yeah. seen her play. She was great in this game. She's been great with the Indiana mm-hmm. Fever. She's just an yeah. awesome player and really, really fun to watch. Yeah. And she, she, you know, as much of the problems that Sue Bird poses on the offensive end, on the defensive end, Julie Alamond's going to pose those problems to Sue Bird or really whoever's at the point guard position for the United States. And then Kim Mestog. I know. DC, DC champion. That's right. Two, that's right. Two, two DC champions. Um, is that, that's more than any other team in, in the Olympics right now, because there's only one mystics champion on team USA, right? Yeah. There's only one mystics champion on team USA and Ariel Atkins. Yeah. Ariel. Yeah. 
So, and then, uh, you know, Leilani was on that Australian team. So all the, you know, yeah, she doesn't have, she doesn't have a ring from uh, the Mystics. I'm talking about the no, plane. she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying, just Mis- wrapping Mystics a, a, rings, a bull in the Mystics um, thing. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, the rings definitely is just Ariel Atkins and Emma and Kim. Um, and Kim, yes, okay. and Kim Mestog. And yeah. she's gonna, and she, I, I think she can pose some problems. I mean, she's not, she's yeah. not, you know, the same level of Julie, but when you have two of these players that can pose these problems on this international stage, if the U.S. doesn't get more ready, and I imagine they will, then it could be, it could be a, a big problem. Um, so I'd say I, the Serbian team looked amazing. The Serbian team was really good against Canada. Right. Canada yeah. looked really good. Canada did look really good. The Spanish team is pretty good. Like this is yeah. this is not going to be easy. These are going to be close right. games that the United States plays um, for both the men and the women. So tune in. You don't have to watch. You don't have to stay up until midnight or, or, or a little bit. Sure, past you midnight. do. Be up, stay up with me. I'll be up watching. <laughs> I, I'll try. I'll try to stay up on. Oh, on Friday, I could probably stay up until twelve. I could probably do that. I could probably swing <laughs> that on Friday. Um, yeah. And then we have next Monday as well at twelve forty. Right. A.M. Yeah. Fun times. Oh we. Oh we. And, and, and <laughs> um, so it, it's. I think this five on five tournament for the women's is going to be among the most challenging and I hope it acts as a early wake-up call for the United States to figure yeah. out because this is you know when you look back at the men's program mm-hmm. and the men's program has been great and dominant and 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 right. one of the most fun things that we have had in basketball for a decade and a half mm-hmm. but you go back to that 2000 summer olympics for the men you see the results. Oh, yeah. You remember that team and you kind of saw the cracks in the system that would lead to them losing um, the World Cup right after that. Right. And then the right. uh, the Olympics in 2004. And then the team changed right. and, and they and they create a program to keep the players together and keep them playing together and keep that familiarity. Mm-hmm. The women's side, they haven't they haven't been as challenged as they will this year and they haven't had that same sort of familiarity building with this group. Um, and we talked right. about this in the, on our last show about NECA, uh, when we talked about NECA Gumake. That yeah, I was going to bring that up too, yeah. It, this is a team that's set up for the future. So the question yeah. becomes, how do you keep this team together? Because that's going to be the most, I think that's the most important thing for, you know, I think gold, gold medal, what the seventh, yeah. Gold medal number seven, uh, I would still bet heavily in the United States. Gold medal yeah. eight? I don't know. I don't know. So that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for is, are there warning signs about this program? Are we doing the right things? I I think that, I think they are. I want to say that I think that they are by bringing in all Mm -hmm. these young players, but can you keep them together? Can you keep the momentum going and make sure that this team stays on top? Cause you don't want to have to fall down to get back on top. Like the men. No, no, you don't want to have to do that. Um, You know, and and you, you have to think about it too. Like, going back to the um, Nigerian national team and, and no NECA Gumake. And we did go in depth with that on the last show. So if you want to catch up with the details of that, go ahead and listen to that one. But um, I just think that, you know, Elizabeth Williams and Shanae also, <laughs> you know, how about if they were on that team? I'm just saying. Uh, oh, and, they're on that team. The, that's what I'm saying. So every other team outside of Australia without Liz Cambage playing, I mean, I think everyone else is at pretty much full strength. 
as we we were hoping Nigeria would be with NECA, Elizabeth and Shanae, right? Um, so even without them, they challenged the US, um, you know, just with their feistiness and their grit on the defensive end and that full court press was just uh, an enigma for a quarter and a half, like Don Staley said. So I just think that, you know, Patrick Ewing, I think said it about the men's side, about how the world is catching up. And that's a lot of pressure for our US men's team because the dream team, like they beat teams by 75 on a nightly basis and just breeze through, breeze through it and just took care of business like this, boom, 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 done, 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 gold. Um, and he said, it's not going to be that easy because all the other teams, I mean, when you have a player like Luka Doncic who went out and had 48 points, I mean, he's also in the NBA. So it's a lot. This is like, isn't it a record of WNBA and NBA players mm-hmm. in this yes. Olympic games? Yes. So, I mean, that tells the story too, right there. So it's balancing out because a lot of the players internationally are also playing here in the States. So that's not a negative thing. I think, you know, they're, they're catching up because they're playing in the NBA and the WNBA. So let's, let's not get that twisted. Let's not, you know, forget what, what these players are, are doing and, and where they're playing and how they're playing and what they're learning. So uh, you want that challenge though, right? Oh yeah. I mean, and, and you do want to, like beat teams by 75, like the dream team did in 92. Sure. But realistically, that's not where we are right now. And that's, this is better for the game. This is way it better is. for the game. The, and it is. It, this, this is so much better for the sport. It's going to grow this sport. It's going to make it, it, you know, the, this is the dream, right? Basketball in every corner of the world for everyone. Uh, that's and right. I think this, the, these types of games get us closer to that. Uh, last thing I want to say on five on five, because we do need to talk about the round three because it's been great. Yeah, we do. Okay. But last thing on five on five, watch out for Nigeria. Like Nigeria, men's and women's, this program is going places. They have really, really good players. They're extremely talented. They're young. And, you know, if everything continues going on this trajectory, you know, this is a team that you're going to be talking about as a quarterfinalist, semifinalist, maybe a finalist someday. So keep an eye on this Nigerian team. It's special to see what they're growing, especially for. If they can bring in the the other Aguma case because they have Erica. If they can bring in the right. rest the rest of the Aguma case and Elizabeth Williams, oh, this team is this team is special. And then they have I and I love Palace Kunai Akpana. Mm-hmm. I haven't said her name in a long time, but I had to say <laughs> it again. Um, yes, from Northwestern. Uh, she's just you know I just love seeing you know the international players who come to the states and and play collegiately you know in the Big Ten and across the country. But then I love to see them play on on their international teams and their national teams. It's just fun to to watch them have that moment. So I just wanted to add that too before we we skip over to the three v three. So skip over to three v three. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is I I watched a little bit of I dabbled in the three on three. I watched you know some of the FIBA World mm-hmm. Cup stuff. I obviously watched our our qualifying, um, but yeah, and watching in the Olympics is just special. Special feeling because we've all played a three on three. I hope if you're listening to this, oh yeah, sure. if you if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't played three on three basketball, uh, shoot shoot me a tweet. I'll come over. Yeah. I'll bring a few friends and we'll play three on three. Yeah, I'll but be this, over there. This game is another thing that's. I think it's huge for the sport. I think it's huge for the mm-hmm. sport to get this kind of fast moving, very quick. These games don't last very long, and they can play two in a day. And right. it's very it's very good for our my ADD generation, like we can't focus on anything, but I can sit there 
and and figure out what's happening in these 12 second possessions where people are flying around. Um, I don't, I, I, I think there needs to be a check. Like I, I would rather you check the ball when you make a shot, but I get, um. <laughs> I get, I get, I get why we do it like this, but I think it's been, I think it's been great. And the U S women's team has been fantastic led yeah. by Kelsey Plum and Stephanie Dolson, who's doing a really, really amazing job. She really is. But what, what's your favorite part of this? And what, what do you think it, it's doing for basketball? Well, first of all, I love 3v3. Um, as a player, I loved it because you have more space. And people are, as a post player, people are out of the way. Get out of the way. So you have like more space to operate in the paint. Um, and then, you know, you can set more screens. There are just more options uh, because of that space. So to me, I, I love playing 3v3. But as a coach, I think just schematically, I think it really helps with um, understanding the angles, understanding the game a little bit more. Um, you hear a lot of coaches, even Mike Tebow, uh, the head coach at Washington for the Mystics, he said, you know, we're going to go back to basics and do a lot of 2v2, 3v3. And it's because you want those, those basics and fundamentals to be sharp. You want those reads to be quick. And when you move to 5v5, if you've broken it down to little pieces of the game first, it makes 5v5 a lot easier. And then you're able to make that entry pass a little bit better because you had that space, but you also had great timing and you're able to make those reads. You know, I think the entry pass is like a dinosaur right now. It's like not a lot of yeah. people know how to make a good one. And it's so frustrating to see that. But I think the more coaches go back to basics like that and get the 3v3, get the angles, get the court set in the triangle and, and break things down that way. I think it's just so much easier um, to to play it so much easier also if young players are watching 3v3, mm-hmm. that helps them too. Analytically, um, you know, you're going to try to get the ball inside, obviously. I think Stephanie Dolson's shooting 76% from the floor. I, I believe, if I'm not wrong, I'm not. Oh, um, you know, from the herhoopstats.com website. Do we have <laughs> I think stats? that's right. I think that's right. I think I saw that. I okay. could be wrong. Am I right on that? But I, know, I think so. I know the, no, I know the that sounds right. Is, yeah, the U.S. team is shooting, I believe, 66% from the floor, and they're holding opponents to under 35% from the floor. So I think defensively, too, it's a challenge. And I know Stephanie Dolson, before they went over to Tokyo, she was talking about this um, with the Chicago Sky team. You know, I had one of their games and had her on a Zoom, and I asked her, how has the 3v3 helped you? Mm-hmm. And she said, my conditioning, my reaction time, and all of that has gotten so much better because of the 3v3. Because I think she had just gotten back from that initial tournament that they had um, right in the middle of the um, WNBA beginning Mm -hmm. of the season there. And she said, you know, I just feel like I'm lighter on my feet. I just feel like I have to move faster. So that's helped me when I'm playing with the sky. So for me, I, I think it's great. And Kara Lawson's leading that team. I'm looking for uh, another gold medal for her um, this time as a coach, obviously. But I just think that, you know, the way that they operate together and Kelsey Plum is just shooting the lights out um, for them and and spacing again, goes a long way when you're playing three V three, but I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the speed, like you said, the 12 second shot clock, I think that's a lot. That's a, that's a challenge, but then again, you can't hold the ball. The ball can't stick. you got to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. Whether you're going to shoot it or pass it or set a screen, you got to do it right now. 
Like we're, we're going, we're, we're going like it's on. And I think when you have that in front of you, I mean, I think that's just the supreme challenge mentally just to yeah. keep things going. It's the mo- I, to me, it's the most fun way to play basketball. I mean, it is, it is. also it is. I, as an as an uh, a non a not that athletic person. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I've never been that in shape is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, not having to run the full court. <laughs> is fantastic. And um, actually, I want to ask I'm going to ask Stephanie at some point if she appreciates yeah. that as well, because she is very much in shape, uh, more in shape than I've ever been twice over. But I imagine she is not uh, like super, super psyched about running all the way down court every time she has to do it. Um, but I think yeah. she's she's just a perfect player for this. I mean, because you, like you mentioned, yeah. setting setting a quick screen, a quick, strong yeah. screen and then moving. And uh, yeah. there's not a ton of players that do that better than Steph Dolson while mm-hmm. being in that sort of complimentary role. And you were right. She's shooting 72.3 percent. Um, oh, so she she's doing she's making everything. Uh, so is mm-hmm. Kelsey Plum from two. They're just, those two are carving people up. Uh, and also it, to me, what I really like about this team in particular is it's showing off talents that some fans may have skipped over or, or maybe don't know as much about. Um, obviously Kelsey Plum, Kelsey Plum's Kelsey Plum, Jackie <laughs> Young as well. Jackie Young mm-hmm. is Jackie Young. Jackie we, Young. we Both those players were number one overall picks, but Kelsey just had an injury. So we didn't see her for a year. Yeah. Kind of felt like she was gone. Jackie has a lesser, has a different role, um, less yeah. offensive focus with the aces. So you kind of forget what she can do. Then you have Steph Dolson, who I think is one of the most underappreciated players in the league um, mm-hmm. for what she does. Uh, as a yes. fan of bigs, we are, we are a fan of bigs on this podcast. So yes, we're always we about, are. we are always mm-hmm. about Steph Dolson. And then you have Alicia Gray, who I think um, one of the best players Mm-hmm. For this situation where it's quick change from offense to defense, I think she's one of the best. She's one of the best players in transition because of that. Going either way when she's with the mm-hmm. Dallas Wings, and that's really translated to the three on three. And she's really the only. She's the only player that doesn't come out. You know, and it's interesting. Yeah. I think when you yeah. have all you have all those other three players that that are so good, the only player that needs to be on the court at all times in Carol Lawson's mind is Alicia Gray, and I think. Not only is that a compliment to Alicia Gray, I think it's an accurate assessment of what she can do for your team because she does whatever. It doesn't matter. You need right. her to shoot threes, she can shoot threes. You need her to drive right. the ball, she can drive the ball. You need her handle in the pick and roll, she can do that. Do you need a set of screen in the pick and roll? At least in three and three, she can do that. So to me, I, I'm really happy with the way this team has turned out. Um, and they are they're doing well. I mean, six and one. Uh, who did they lose to? Do you remember who they lost to? I believe it was, was it China? No, no. So they, they beat the China oh, that's game. Who they have next. It was a 20 to 18 yeah. loss. It was uh, a two point. The uh, Japan. A shot got blocked by Plum at the buzzer. Um, she was going for the win there. Was it, do you have it? Yeah, yeah. It was Japan. So it was a Japan. Japan, beat, I'm sorry. Japan beat yes. the United States. Japan. Yep. Yeah. My bad on that. But yeah, that was um, yeah, it was down the stretch. They had they had a great start in that game. They were up by seven or eight mm-hmm. early, and then uh, they came back and, like I said, blocked Plum's shot at the buzzer there to to hang on for that two point win. So, I mean, I think that the U.S. team is is definitely in the right place to to get a gold medal. They have two more games to win and get it mm-hmm. done. But they didn't have Katie Lou Samuelson. They found that out just before they left for Tokyo. So 
sending a lot of love to her um, with a positive COVID test um, and she couldn't travel to Tokyo. So, you know, and kudos to, to um, Carol Lawson for making the pivot and mm-hmm. having to kind of change obviously personnel and, and the way that they probably had things set up to go to Tokyo, yep. but still, like you said, six and one right now and, and still vying for a gold medal. They have uh, France today at, uh, I guess today. Uh, no, it's tomorrow. It's technically <laughs> tomorrow. I don't know what time. They, this the whole time, <laughs> Tokyo being across the international date line is so confusing to me. Like, yeah, same. They're coming to us from the future. That's not right. I struggle. Yeah, I struggle. That's not right. Um, <laughs> the, the USA plays France at 4 a.m. Uh, and if they win that game, they will play at 8.55 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow for the gold medal. Um, yeah. It'll be fun. So it will be fun. And China and the ROC, which is not Russia. Basically, it's Russia. Uh, the right. Russian athletes, that's the way we should say it. The Russian athletes take on go. China um, in the other semifinal. Um, so we'll see. I think I think. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an expert in three on three, but it is really fun. I think it's a great way to grow the game because I think this is a much easier prop. That's why I played three on three all the time because yeah, you you can I can find five other guys in the gym or I can find five <laughs> other I can find five people right anywhere right. somewhere. Let's go, right? But I can't, I can't, I can't play. usually find, a, you know, nine other people to play basketball <laughs> with me on full court. All of, exactly. us, all of us old farts out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, are you going to stay up till 4 a.m. for that three on three game? Man, listen, I tried to stay up for the, the Belgium Australia game after the, the U S Nigeria game and I couldn't do it. And I don't know when I didn't, I don't, believe I decided to fall asleep. I think I just like conked out. Like I just, I just kind of softly fell asleep. Um, so I'm going to try, but you know, technology is, is a great thing when it comes to going back and finding games to watch. So I, I don't know if I can do the 4am stuff and that's, that's a toughie. I can do the 1240, you know, I can stretch I can. that into two thirty, three o'clock, you know, I can do that and be hurting the next day. But that's why the local coffee shop is, um, they know my name when I walk in. Hey girl. I'm like, Hey, it's me again. So please, yeah, I'll be in there. Give me more coffee. <laughs> I'll be in there. I'm good. I'm good for it. It'll, it'll be fun. And you know, all the best to our U S teams on the men's and women's side. And also Simone Biles giving her love and, you know, Naomi Osaka also, I mean, it's not easy. I'm glad people are talking about the, the mental aspect of, these high level sports and, you know, the pressure of that. And I did say earlier, pressure is a privilege, but it's also tough. And um, especially when you give yourself permission to recognize it Mm -hmm. and admit it, that's the hardest part that it is. It's there. Um, You try, well, I am speaking personally, you try to just compartmentalize and, and stay focused on the task at hand. And sometimes it's overwhelming. Yeah, and well, that's what we're seeing now, and and people are talking about it. So, I think for Simone too is another thing you have to realize is that when you're feeling off, not I mean, you know, every now and again you're gonna feel off, but when you're feeling off and you have to go out there and do you know quadruple front flips and all that stuff, I was of course. 
telling Christy before we got on the air that one of my friends recently got uh, broke her heel because of a gymnastics incident. So I was very happy that Simone said, I'm not doing this today because it could right. get hurt. Because I think what happened was she tried to do, she was, mm -hmm. she was practicing. She did this, she was trying to do a two and a half. So that's two full, two full spins or flips. I don't know. Two spins and a half spin. And she ended up doing a one spin and a half spin and then landing. Lord have mercy. Lord landed in a way that it kind of, it goes kind of like, whoa, like it, it, that could have gone extremely wrong. And luckily it didn't, but it's a lesson right. that when you're feeling off, when you're feeling like truly something is wrong, you yeah. should take that second to say, is this worth competing in? Cause there's serious right. injury on the line for the gymnasts, for the basketball players, for everyone here. Like this is not, this is not, a situation where you want to take it lightly. So I think that's just an aspect yeah. to me that I've been, um, I've been trying to, 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 you know, parse out my own mind. Cause I would love to see Simone Biles compete. Of course. But if Simone Biles yeah. gets hurt, how, like, what would we do? Like yeah. if she got exactly. hurt because she wanted to compete for us, I don't know how I would feel uh, about that. And I'm glad she didn't push herself to, to do that. Yeah. Understood. But this is a, this is an athlete, Gabe, who has competed with broken oh, toes, for broken, sure. broken toes, shin splints, all these other things physically. And that didn't keep her off the mats. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's let's listen to what these athletes have to say. And let's not make a, a joke about you need some mental help or you have mental illness. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not make that a joke. Let's make sure that we're being compassionate when people have issues that way. But the only way that we can help people like that is when they are transparent, the way that they are being right now. Um, you know, it's hard to tell. Like, I wouldn't have known that. Like, if she didn't say that, if, if Naomi Osaka didn't say that, there's no way for us to know. Mm -hmm. So then there's also no way to help. So I think with both of them using their platform to make it okay to talk about, I think that's, that's just a beginning. Yeah. And for all the people saying like, well, they need to go ahead anyway and do it. Well, no, they're not going to do that for you, right? They're no. stepping off the stage for them and in the long run for their well-being overall. And, and it's not physical. And to hear her say it wasn't physical and it was a, a mental situation where she was not locked in the way she wanted to be and never felt like that before mentally. And I just, I give her respect. No. And the same for Naomi Osaka in that yes. regard. Like, who are we to say, no, you get out there anyway. What, is, what are we doing? Forcing that. You can't do it. But yeah, she, uh, also, it, you have to know so we can help. So don't be afraid to, to talk about it if that's what you're going through. You know, you see these huge, you know, iconic stars um, talking about it. Michael Phelps talked about it years ago, right? I mean, he had issues. He didn't want to be alive anymore, he said. I saw him in an interview. So, mm -hmm. I mean, these are situations that people are definitely dealing with. And definitely need to talk about because they're not out there by themselves. Yeah. And huge shout out to for to the rest of that USA gymnastics team. Yes, because they they fought their asses off. Like they worked they so hard. And Suni Lee, I would you know I don't care what sport she's playing. She could do anything for me. I need a last second shot. I'm going <laughs> Suni because she she showed up every single every single event there, and the the, the team was great. Every single event, 
gave like yeah. put everything out there, executed, did everything perfectly. You just come out in second sometimes. The rush, the the right. Russian quote unquote Russian team was really good. So they you were. can't you can't you can't you know get too mad about it. In my opinion, I think um, another thing to, that it was really encouraging or, or mm-hmm. made me happy was how into it Simone was, knowing she that was. she was off. You could just she check was. out there and say, I'm off, like I'm checked out. She said, no, I'm going to be there for my teammates. I thought exactly. that was huge. I thought that was Absolutely. It, um, it was beautiful to see. And she also said, I had to get out of their way because I wanted them to win a medal. And that's, I mean, come on, man, who does that? Like, I, I just wanted to make sure that they experienced winning a medal. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's the ultimate sacrifice, selfless behavior of, of a fantastic teammate. And they're one slip away to you from first, Jordan Charles. Exactly. Oh, I felt. I know, I, I know. I wanted that so bad for, I wanted that, but so bad yeah. for them. But, you know, that's, that's life, that's sports. Uh, the thrill of uh, victory, agony of defeat. Um, you can listen. You can listen to more of our uh, Matt side gymnastics podcast <laughs> coming up soon. How did we get there? I, I think I took us Do, there. Does, it, does everyone want my random opinions on other sports too? Like uh, judo. We could talk about judo. I oh, love judo. Handball. I don't know why handball is not a, spe- a, a bigger spectator sport here. It's really, it's really fun. Um, it is fun. What else? I, I mean, I could talk about, I, I, talk, I watch a lot of rifle, a lot of shooting, a lot of archery. So anyway. Katie Ledecky. Yeah. Katie, poolside. Poolsiders. Poolsiders. Our, our, poolside, our poolside podcast on swimming. Rangeside. Our, our podcast on archery. I love it. We could do it all. I mean, there's so many great sports, so many great athletes, but boy, I tell you what, there's nothing like sitting courtside with you, my friend, Gabe. Hey, so much Olympic basketball ahead of us, both 5v5 and 3v3. A lot of medals to be had for both men's and the women's teams in Tokyo. And we are going to continue to break it all down as they navigate through Tokyo and the women looking for their seventh gold medal. We're going to be right here for you guys, bringing it all to you right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. So until next time, for my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, I am Christy Winter Scott. We'll see you guys next time.